Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. I am Derek H. I'm your host for DPL, which I believe you're listening to right now. I'm not sure why we had such a... I know part of why we had such a mix-up. Part of the mix-up was because I was asleep. I I laid down at 5 o'clock thinking... I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to sleep for two hours. I don't even need to set an alarm. And then at, at I guess it was seven o'clock, a funny noise started coming through my phone and woke me up. I was like, what's that noise? I'm like, wait a minute, what time is it? And then I looked and it said 7.02. I was like, oh, I got to do a show. I'm not a good show person. Because I am asleep. So I went over to the computer, hit all the buttons needed to start the show, and the buttons didn't work anymore. All of a sudden, the buttons, the sound didn't go where the sound was supposed to go. And that messed a lot of stuff up. And then, I heard that do-do-do-do sound. And that, that would happen like every minute. And I was like, what's going on? What can I? And then it was just Ms. H calling over and over and over. That was a sound that woke me up in the first place. To do, do, do. I had no, I was like, so I, I was uh, not answering the phone. And then I found the Skype phone. And I finally answered the phone. I was like, she's like, Derek. I was like, oh, wait a do you not call me for a few minutes so I can get the show started? Because every time you call, it kind of starts everything over. But that doesn't mean you can't call. This is at DPL, Depix Live from All Games Radio Network. You can call in at any, any time during the show. Go to Dead Pixel Radio on Skype. Dead Pixel Radio on Skype. That will take you to this show, DPL. Uh, Or you can go to allgames.com slash live and there you will find a link to Discord. Discord is the online chat network where we all can chat with each other. Chat, 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 chat. You can type it in. And that's that. Those are those, those answers. Those are those connections. If you don't want to use those, then you can Find some. You can send an email, maybe info at deadpixelive.com. I started checking again recently, so that will work. Oh wow! I gotta clean up. My 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 domicile is very messy, very very messy. I need to clean it up. Okay. Welcome to Depix Alive Unemployed Edition. My contract at the Pancake Kingdom ended last week. Uh, they called me in the middle of the day on Friday and said, Thanks, but no thanks. Your contract is up. And I was like, okay. And then I started interviewing for new positions, which I went on an interview today. Hopefully, that will go well. Hopefully, they will not uh, tune into Dead Picks Alive to see 
how Dexter said he 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 went to sleep at five and woke up at seven. Doesn't sound like somebody we want working there. Well, yes you do. Yes you do. I want to sleep at five because I could. Would not be at work going to sleep at five five. Would be at home going to sleep at five. So there's that. There's that. This show is about whatever I wanted to be about because that's what it is. If you wanted to be about something else, call in or send some kind of message saying that you wanted to be about something else, and it will be about that thing. Simple, simple as that. If you don't like what it's currently about, then let me know. Say, I don't like what this show is currently about. I want it to be about this. And then that's what it will be about. I will talk now about video games. I am worried about about I'm worried about this old Atari VCS system. I'm starting to think I'm believing to think that it might not actually happen. I, there, there have been some, some, uh, we call it, some things have changed over the past couple of days, over the past week, that makes me believe that the VCS is not on its way to stores as quickly as I had hoped. If you don't know though, the Atari VCS is the rebirth of Atari, the Atari of uh, the Atari VCS from 1977 gaming system. Not the first, but the most one of the most popular home consoles. At the time, it was it's very much so the mo- most popular, and it ushered in the video game industry as we know it. Without the Atari VCS, there would be no video game industry, and so I, along with a lot of people, was very, very excited about a rebirth of this console. The thing is, what they Here's the thing. It wasn't one of those retro consoles like the like the mini NES or the or the mini Genesis that's about to come out. It was a whole new console. They said a whole new platform, its own platform. It wasn't Android based. It was it's all. It wasn't Linux. Was it Linux based? Maybe it was Linux best. But but basically, you had to write games just for it. Which, I got no problem with that. That sounds good. And so, they were going to release it. They put out a couple of images of it. I believe, uh, at first, there were CGI renders. Then they had actual... Hard, not hardware, but at least cases to put hardware in. They announced 
that uh, it would have its own game that you people would write game, companies would write games just for it. They announced some of those companies. Uh, at least one of those companies, uh, I believe, Llamasoft. If I'm incorrect, please let me know. Said, "Yeah, we have no idea. We don't know what's going on. We never heard of these people." And I was like, "Okay, no, no big deal. It's, uh, it's growing pains. It's like everybody take take stumbles, coming out of the block a little bit. No big deal." And they also said that they were going a lot of stuff. Like they're going to have retro games and like original Atari VCS games would not work on it, but be available for play on it. So you couldn't take take an old cartridge and plug it in. But if you wanted to play Asteroids or Mystical Man from Atari 26 times from the original like those original Atari games those original Atari versions those would be available which is not that's not um, un- that unbelievable because you can download this, the Stella app right now and do that I have the Stella app I remember I was watching a I didn't really even know about it and I watched a, a, a talk with David Crane, I believe David Crane. And he talked about Stella. He was like, yeah, you can go download Stella and download literally all the games for it. I think he even gave, he may even gave like instructions on where to go. Because all of a sudden, I had downloaded Stella and I had downloaded a zip file with all the games. Yeah, there it is right there. Yeah, well, and it's not that big. How, how big is this folder? 19 megs? That can't be right. Is really? 19 megs. How many? It says 74. There's got to be more ROMs. Let's see. Yeah, 10 megs. This one, I, got, I have it twice. I have ROMs and Harmony Carp ROMs. Properties. Yeah, this has like a 1,879 files. And it's only 10.9 megs. It's only 11 megs. Wow. So yeah, I have every every Atari VCS game ready. If I want it now, I could play it. I'm not going to play it right now because I'm doing a show. But yeah. Bird says Atari VCS is going to be the greatest of all time. And now it's even more shit than the Intellivision Amica, says Burr in chat. He is correct. Because a little while after that, Intellivision was bought up by a bunch of people. And they said they're going to re-release the Intellivision. I called it Amica. And they said you'll be able to play all the Atari 2600 games. So... If a television is going to play Atari 2600 games, how is the Atari going to play Atari 2600 games? Are they working off the same thing? I assumed, like most people, like you should assume, that the Atari VCS was going to be just a, a Android-based system. Basically a retro-pie-in-the-box running, uh, running Android, running some version of Android, with their own 
cool customized uh, cool customized front end turns out that's not even what that was going to happen it was going to be it was going to be this whole thing they and they here's the part where I started getting worried they hired a company called what Big Ten yeah I think, I think Big Ten Big Ten Big Iron, Big Ten, to do, do the hardware, and Big Ten was like, yeah, we haven't gotten paid in six months, so we're not working on no more. And I was like, what? what? Wait a minute, they they haven't gotten paid. What are you talking about? And it turns out Atari hasn't Atari. Is not really Atari. Turns out Atari is, according to this guy, is it Big Ten? Atari VCS. Yeah, this guy was it. Rob Wyatt. I'm I'm reading this from Engadget. Said that Atari hasn't paid. Ten Giant, that's what it is. Ten Giant, not Big Ten. Ten Giant, I apologize for getting your name wrong, Ten Giant. Like, they just said, look, we got other stuff. I got bills to pay. Because I'm guessing, like, it's just, like I'm guessing Ten Giant isn't like a thousand people. It's probably like a couple of guys working on the garage. Which upset me because I always thought Atari was Atari. Uh, you could drive up to the Atari building, walk in, and see a bunch of Atari nerds working on Atari stuff. That's what I thought. Turns out Atari is basically three people. Three people. Atari has three employees right now. Which, like, once again, I don't want to get sued by these three people, so if I'm wrong, please let me know. This is how I understand it. And if I understand it differently, that's fake news fault. Fake news, fake news. I There's three people are running or at Atari. That's it. That's all I, I was like, well, that just means Atari is not really a company, but it's really just a piece of paper that says you are a company. There's some guy taped up in a small office that he paid a couple hundred dollars a month for. I guess it sounds to me like Atari was. It's, it's, it sounds a lot like the the ColecoVision. What is up with these old? When are they coming out with uh, Odyssey? When is someone gonna redo redo the, redo the Odyssey next? Where is the Vectrex team coming to redo this? Redo the Vectrex. Sound like somebody just bought the name Atari, and he said like they have been in the past. They've been living off of just licensing deals. That's it. So it's just a secretary. To, so Atari, from what it sounds like to me, is the main the main scam guy. The assistant main scam guy and the secretary for when you walk into the scam office. That's it. 
because they don't have anybody working. They had they contracted out the design of the actual system, the actual motherboard, actual video game parts of it. Like I said, I thought it was just gonna be a retro pie on the inside, which they probably could have. They probably could have took two retro pies and like soldered them together, like glued them together. Instead, boom! Look, it's twice as powerful as the retro pie. That's what I would have done. But then again, I'm not an Atari. Maybe Atari is smarter than me. But they, but they, um, also they it realized it was kind of funny that they they put out a Indiegogo campaign to raise money, and they raised the money. But I was like, I was the thing is. Shouldn't they have been able to go to investors like just regular outside investors and say, "Hey, we're remaking Atari. We're gonna need a few million. and they got twenty million dollars like that. Instead, they got three million dollars from Indiegogo and saying it's gonna be out soon when they don't even. They didn't even have people there to work her. Look, Nancy at the front desk isn't gonna build a system for you. They didn't have anybody to build a system. It was just the two scam guys and Nancy. That's it. And so, and so now the new date for its release, because since they put it in Indiegogo, they promised people when you're going to get your stuff, because Indiegogo, as you know, you pay for your stuff way before it comes out, and then people make it, and then give it to you. Now it's March 2020. First, it was July 2019. That's coming on. Then it was the end of 2019. That's come. Not gone yet, but still come. And now they say... Sometime in the spring in 2020. Well, that's not going to happen. The thing is, this console looks beautiful. When you look at it, you're like, I, I do want that. I would like that. And But you have to realize that that's just the outside. It's easy to make a nice looking outside. It's hard to make a nice looking inside. Same thing kind of happened with the ColecoVision. I don't know anything about the Intellivision people are smart. They have kept quiet about a lot of stuff. They made a lot of crazy promises that I I'm sorry Intellivision. I can't believe it until I see it at this point because of ColecoVision and Atari. But they've made a lot of big promises. So I I I'm kind of getting worried about that too. Even though the thing is, I was never re really even interested in the Intellivision Amico, but now it's the only one left standing. Atari VCS. Oh, also Atari VCS. I read here they partnered with a company called AntStream, which I had never heard of before, which is weird because it sounds like the type of thing I would have heard of. And AntStream is going to offer exclusive content because AntStream has its own streaming platform. So you'll be able to stream games to your to your Atari VCS if it existed. 
What is Airstream? Airstream was gonna have basically all. It's retro. It's gonna be basically Stella. It'll run Stella on the cloud, and so you can play all the old Atari games over the internet, which is good. It takes it takes some of the it takes some of the burden off of Atari to actually create a platform. Because it's just all all you need to do is is make something that can play video, and that's it. Okay, now we have a call. Okay, who's this? Hello. Hello, dear. Are you your show is on. Yes. Okay, I'm not gonna stay long. It's um, very. It must have been whatever you need wanted to say must be very important, mom, because. Lee, this is like the eighth time you've called in, starting at 7.02. I thought you were I thought we were going to start on time, too, Mom, but I guess I didn't. So this is my fault, is what you're saying. No, no, I just made an assumption. What do they say about making an assumption? What do they say, Mom? I don't know, Derek. Anyway. Why do you say what... Well, you know what they say no if you don't even know what they say, Ma. I have no idea. Anyway, I just want to let your your listeners know that my show will be on. Yes, I'm plugging my show. Will be on Monday, the holiday, Columbus Day, or the end. Wait, wait, Monday's a holiday? Yes, it's coming Monday. Oh, oh I don't know that. Well, it's a government type holiday. I don't think people they might have Columbus Day sale. I thought it was Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah, uh huh. On the calendar. Okay, Google. When is Indigenous Peoples Day this year? October Indigenous Peoples Peoples Day is on Monday, October 14, twenty nineteen. Okay, Google. What is Indigenous Peoples Day? According to Wikipedia, Indigenous Peoples Day is a holiday that celebrates and honors Native American peoples and commemorates their histories and cultures. It is celebrated across the United States on the second Monday in October and is an official city and state holiday in various localities. Okay, Ma, how are you going to celebrate Native Americans on Monday? I'm going to have my show. Okay, I'm not sure Native American... the Native American nations will see that as a celebration. I don't think they count your show as an official celebration of their culture and lives. Well, really, I was going to have my regular show and talk about my songs that I plan to bring out. Oh, so you're going to talk about your songs? You're not going to talk about Native American uh, media or songs? Are, are you going to talk about that, Ma? No, I was not going to have a theme show, but I, I want to make it clear because last time, I think last holiday was September, was Labor Day, and I didn't get any listeners. I guess they thought that the show was not going to be on. So What do you mean didn't get any listeners? Listeners, yeah. my, my listeners went down, my count went down on that day, so I want to make sure everybody knows that. Mm, this is the whole thing, Ma. You need to do a lot of promotion. This is all about promotion. I will keep saying it over and over again, Ma. Promotion, promotion, promotion. And that's what I do, promotion. That's, that's, that's how all games got to its um, status, status that now. 
by not promoting anything because I don't do any promotion. And explain promotion, be more specific. You mean like on Twitter, on Facebook? Yes, all the social medias. Goop. All Ugu, ICQ, AIM, all of them are. TikTok, do all that stuff. Burr says, what are indigenous peoples worth it to you? Hi, <laughs> Burr. Burr, remember my song? And I've been doing a lot of research about songs, what, what makes people remember songs and how they relate to songs. And the song I was going to sing on Monday, I'm going to change the lyrics to have it focus mm-hmm. on you. They say when you're writing a song, make sure it's focused on other people. Mm-hmm. So I would... So it's gonna be um, you. It's I don't remember. I remember. I've watched a lot of late night television where they interview singers and artists and songwriters, mm-hmm. and none of them have ever said when they say, "Well, where did you get the idea for your new album?" The person would say, "Well, I did a lot of the research on what people want to hear, and." That's get what idea. I did. Most people, most uh, successful artists say, well, I, I was going through a lot of my life and I took elements of my life and I put it in the music and okay. I want to share yeah. that with the world. And people yeah. seem to respond to that, Ma. That's correct, Gary. You misinterpreted what I said. I didn't, how did I misinterpret? What you said wasn't that complicated that I misinterpreted, Ma. I said I've been looking at YouTube videos about songwriting and the mm-hmm. focus of songwriting on mm-hmm. other people, not yourself. Other and once I don't believe I've ever heard a songwriter said, well, this song has nothing to do with me. I wrote it about uh, everybody else. That's understandable there. Yes, it has to do with me, but instead of me saying I, I'm going to say you. I'm going to turn everything around for you, my listeners. But it's your show, Daryl. What were you talking about before I, before I joined in? I'm getting ready to I was leave. talking about the new Atari VCS system. Huh? Oh, it's called VCS? Does that stand for anything? Video Computer Cinema. Cinema. Oh, okay. No, ver- video computer system. Oh, video computer system. Yes, the Atari VCS was uh, marketed uh, as a computer because at oh. the time there was no such thing as a console. So you can't say oh. this is a video game console because people would be like, what's that? There's no such thing as a video game console. Because there were no such things as video game consoles. <laughs> so they called them the VCS. So essentially, they, they started using numbers like the Atari 2600, the Atari... Yes, they gave it a model number. The 2600 was the model number of the Atari VCS. Uh, nerds started calling it the 2600 because that's what they called it. So they dropped the VCS. Now they're going no, they never dropped the GCS. Oh, All did. the way until the they rebuilt it as the Junior, the 2600 Junior, which was just uh, the same hardware and the well updated hardware in a smaller, more compact ca- case 
They called that the 2600 Junior. And then they had the Atari 5200, which was the replacement for the 5200, which was a failure, uh, most notably because it wasn't backward compatible uh, and it had very bad controllers and a very limited selection. It was basically... Uh, they they only put a half effort into the Atari 5200 because at the same time, they were making the Atari 400 and the Atari 800 computer systems to compete with Commodore, and they didn't want to take time away from that. So basically, they took one of the Atari computer systems, took the keyboard off, and said, "Here's the new, here's the new console, everybody," and mm-hmm. that did not go over well. With people, because people were like, "That's just a. It looks all the games look like an Atari computer game instead of this awesome Atari system." And then the Atari seventy eight hundred come out, which the numbers were the Atari twenty six hundred plus the fifty two hundred come out to seventy eight hundred. Is that right? Fifty two hundred, yeah, plus twenty six hundred. And Atari was going to release that. But they had already basically destroyed the... Well, they didn't destroy it. I guess people destroyed it. Atari didn't destroy the game industry. Other companies destroyed the game industry by exploiting Atari's uh, bad business uh, policies. And so, after people had destroyed the computer and the video game industry, nobody wanted to buy a video game console, so the... When they went to, they were done with the Atari seventy hundred, and they were about to release it, and they were look. Nobody wants to buy these, and that's around the time when they had to dump uh, of like a million ET cartridges in the desert because they couldn't sell anything anywhere, and nobody wanted to. And said, "Well, we have this, and but nobody's gonna buy it from us, and we're gonna go out of business soon." So they didn't do anything just sat there and then Nintendo was like we want to make uh, we want to sell our Nintendo uh, entertainment system in America our Famicom system but we don't know how to do anything in America hey Atari do you want to buy the Nintendo entertainment system from us and Atari was like why they looked at it they looked at Nintendo Entertainment System and said you're gonna do this for real with this box and they're like yeah we think it's really cool and Natar was like well we, our 7800 which we have in a box in a corner is way more powerful than the Nintendo Entertainment System so we're not gonna help you uh, sell your console when we could just sell our console and they were like but we're not going to do either one of those because if you didn't notice Nintendo we're in the middle of a giant video game crash and nobody is buying video games so you guys are dumb Nintendo was like okay and so Nintendo went to Toys R Us and Nintendo and they said yeah we'll sell it but we're not going to sell a video game console We'll sell a toy, and Nintendo's like, it's but it's a, it doesn't, it's not a toy. You don't play, you you play video games on it. They're like, well, give us a, like a toy 
to sell with it. And so Nintendo created Rob, the robotic operating battling buddy, which had a little robot that went along with the Nintendo to basically not trick people, kind of trick people, but mostly to trick companies to thinking that the NES wasn't a video game system, that it was a, it was this robot, it was this robot. We're not selling a gaming console. We're selling this little robot to kids and it's going to play video games with them. And that worked. And so they were, that's what they released. And that was a big, huge hit. And then Atari was like, uh, we got one of those all ready to go. It is way better than that one you guys are playing now. And so they released the Atari 1700 and nobody cared. Not a single person. Uh, Atari 7800 was a very good system, a very powerful system, did a lot of cool stuff. Nope, they couldn't get games made for it. Atari was, at that time, now it's three people, back then it was probably five people. And that two guys making games in the corner for it. They made Tower Toppler and Pit Stop and stuff like that. But it wasn't enough. And so that was a big failure too. Now, why why am I giving you a a history of the Atari, Ma? Because it's interesting, they are in the seventy eight hundred. How did they make this big turnaround? It wasn't a turnaround, right? It was at the time Atari had they they still had a little bit of clout left over, so a lot of nerds went to work there. So they had a few smart, uh, and they had a computer. They had a computer division uh, that was making the that helped kill, I believe, the Atari uh, 5200. Uh, they, the computer division made the Atari 400 and the Atari 800 and went on to create the Atari 1200, the 1200 XC, and the almighty Atari ST. Yes, Burr in chat. I know about the Atari ST. And the Atari ST... Um, had a a very nice operating system. It was very powerful. It was very popular in Europe, uh, mostly for its sound and video capabilities. Mostly for its sound and MIDI output controls. Uh, the Atari ST basically brought brought a lot of uh, uh, techies. Uh, engineers into Atari to work on stuff and so they're the ones that made the Atari 7800 and then also while after they made Atari 7800 they were like well we got this cool uh, 16-bit console we want to go bigger and better though we want to prove to Nintendo they're really mad that Nintendo was really popular so they built a a 32-bit system, and then they were like, "What? Well, and well, we can do better than that. We can create a 64-bit system if we start adding different um, chips to the board." So they started adding more and more chips to the board because they were nerdy nerds, and they created the Atari. Well, first they created the Atari the 32-bit version, which was the Atari Panther, and they put that out. They were about to put it out, and then 
the gen was it a Genesis? Was it a, was it after Genesis? It was after Genesis. It was right around the times of Saturn and the before the Dreamcast, and there and those were thirty two bit console. But Atari was like, we have we we're so awesome. We're not even gonna skip put out our thirty two bit console, the Panther. We're never gonna release it, and they never did. Instead, we're gonna release our sixty four bit console, the Atari Jaguar, and they released that. And we all know what happened with the Atari Jaguar. Yeah, I, I bought one. I know you did. I know you did, Darry. So was it successful? No, it was not. Not in any way. It it kind of it was kind of a laughing stock of the energy industry right by now because the industry had moved on and Sony had come in, Sega was a big name, Nintendo was dominating everything, and Atari was seen as the idiots that helped destroy the industry. And so people, they're already kind of against Atari, and they saw Atari as these old fuddy-duddies, which they kind of were, that didn't know what they were doing, which they kind of didn't. And nobody paid them any attention or took them seriously. And so even when a good game that came out for the Atari Jaguar, like, say, Aliens vs. Predator, people ignored it. But if a good game came out like Sonic or Final Fantasy VII for the, for the PlayStation or the Dreamcast, people went crazy. But nothing... And then I skipped over the Atari Lynx, which was their handheld portable system, which they didn't create. They contracted that out. Another company, Epics, a uh, software company, made that company made that game system, and you they. I had you Lynx also too. I, I'm an idiot. I bought all this stuff from Atari, and they bought. From Epix, uh, it was called the Handy. It was uh, color screen. It was the first color screen. Was it the first? Or was the Turbo Graphics the first? I think maybe the Lynx is the first color handheld. A beautiful screen. Uh, made by the same guys, the um, uh, same de- designers as the Commodore Amiga. And they put that out, and that failed. Like Basically, Atari can't catch a break. And then they were bought by a, a French company. I forgot a French company's name. But a French company bought them for the name and then changed their name to Atari. And at that point, Atari was pretty much dead. And then a few years ago, it looks like uh, two guys bought the Atari name from them and they decided to re put out this Atari system. They make a whole new Atari again. But at this point, there were no nerdy nerds working there anymore, and these guys did not know how to make a game system. They thought they were Nintendo. They thought they could say, they go, like Nintendo makes new hardware all the time. Uh, Microsoft makes new hardware. Sony makes new hardware. Nobody else makes new hardware because making new hardware is very expensive. I believe that's kind of what 
took Sega out. Sega doesn't make hardware anymore. Sega's gone. It, it, it would destroy a company making hardware because you have to build this entire infrastructure just to support it. You have to, and you have to do that before it even is released. So before it even comes out, you have to dump millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into hoping that you will have a system that people want to buy and play and work on. And Atari didn't have any of that, but they still tried anyway, which was kind of cool that they tried. But it didn't work. It, well, we don't know if it didn't work yet, but it looks like it's not working. From what I can tell, it's not working. I'm curious, what would you say brought down the video game industry? What brought it back up? Everybody blamed Atari because they got bad games, and then what Atari didn't have bad games. Atari games were actually really good. Most of them, they had yeah. some bad games, but they had what brought down the system was the number of bad games. The sheer number of bad games from the Atari from for the Atari, because you could, if you want, like if you wanted to. The Atari was built on a cheap. It was built very cheaply. It was, it was. You could. I believe they there was a lawsuit where they determined that you could not need any programming or anything. You could just go to Radio Shack and buy the parts and put together an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So there's there's nothing to patent there. They didn't. Uh, have a special operating system or any of that. It was just basically parts from a part bin uh, stuck together, and that's an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. And to make game, and so because uh, there was nothing inherently special about it, Atari couldn't like lock it down and say we're the, we could decide who makes games for our system. Anybody can make a game for the system because anybody can make games for random hardware found in Radio Shack. And so mm -hmm. they couldn't control uh, fly-by-night companies making games because at the time it seemed like if whatever you put out, people would buy. And for a while, that's what happened. Okay. And so they were people, companies were coming up that were putting out quote unquote games but they were really bad really bad games like really bad games and they would put out so many of them and they would make so much money um, selling them to different uh, like retailers and then basically disappearing and so you would go into the store to look for a new Atari game and and there's a bin with just piles and piles of cartridges that these stores bought from these fly-by-night companies full of really bad games, and the stores needed to get rid of them. They needed to get rid of the inventory, so they're like $5, $2, $1 for, for these games. And so people will buy these games. Some, some people will still buy them for $30, $40, though. But you would buy these games and then take them home and be like, this 
is trash. I hate this game. Everybody hates this game. Nobody likes these games. And so Atari became known for and uh, known for really bad, bad, bad games. Waste of money. Even a dollar. And it got to the point and since Atari was the only real console well, there are others. There's a ColecoVision and Television, but still Atari was the ma- major console. They were mm-hmm. the industry. People saw as Atari goes, as the industry goes. And so people started equating Atari with these Okay, so, so bad you said games. bad games from the Atari caused this. So what, what happened? Not from Atari, for the Atari. For the Atari. So somebody came in and started making good games. And that uh, in over and on the... Over in Japan, Nintendo, a trading card company, a playing card company, uh, they created uh, what's called the Famicom, which was their version of the Atari. And they saw all the money that Atari was making in America, but they were a lot, they knew a lot more about business. So they actually built a actual, mach- uh, actual machine and put in what's called a lockout chip. And the lockout chip uh, only allowed games that Nintendo authorized to work on the Famicom. And so, all the games that came out, they had like a little a little symbol on the front, a little shield. The Nintendo seal of, appro- of approval, it was called. A little gold seal. And that, um, that signified to the customer that this game was approved by Nintendo uh, uh, for quality. Now, it would not only just work on the Nintendo Entertainment System, it was a halfway decent game. It was a real game. And so they had very tight control over... And if you wanted to make games for their Nintendo Famicom, slash turned out to be the NES, you had to buy a license from Nintendo and follow a bunch of rules when making your game. So they have very strict quality control over their games. And so when their games came out, uh, uh, people had a lot more confidence in them. The games were better and people were more confident about dropping money on them. And that, not even slowly, because people like video games, very quickly um, built... Nintendo up to a juggernaut to a powerhouse and it rebuilt an entire industry basically them taking control and just saying no to companies saying no to the greed of other companies thereby making themselves greedy uh, basically rebuilt the entire video game industry Oh, Derek, it's so interesting. You could write a book about that, Derek. I bet it would sell a lot of copies. A lot of or I could do a, podca- a, a daily podcast for years and years over it. But see, I'm saying a lot of people don't know because I had no idea that Nintendo was responsible for bringing the video game industry back because now everybody's talking about Microsoft, Sony, you know, the Xbox One. and Microsoft like, didn't really uh, get into the game industry. Microsoft got into the computer industry because the original... Microsoft uh, tried to make hardware before and they kind of got stalled making, uh-huh. uh, making joysticks and keyboards. That's the only kind of hardware that Microsoft made. Okay. 
And so what Microsoft ended up doing was basically making uh, what they knew was, which was a PC. So they made uh, 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 tailored down, uh, toned down the PC that was strictly for graphics and stuff. And they re and they wrote their own operating system for it. They the same got the same controls that Nintendo had before, which Nintendo only lost out on. Nintendo eventually lost out on because other companies broke uh, uh, broke the broke their lockout chip, broke into it, and were made their own games without Nintendo's seal of approval or license. But okay, so one, time, one time Nintendo was ahead of the video game industry. Why did why didn't they tackle? Microsoft or their competitors. What, because Nintendo Microsoft? was a very Nintendo was slash is a very arrogant company, and they <laughs> believe their way. They're like, look, it worked before, didn't it? We we're this big, aren't we? So obviously, we know what we're doing. And so when Nintendo, when other when Nintendo was um, first challenged, I guess by in America. By Sega and at a time and to a very smaller degree, smaller amount, small degree, um, uh, Atari. Nintendo was like, we're not worried, and they didn't need to be because they were such a huge lead, and so they didn't really do anything about it. And then while Atari was putting out the uh, Atari Lynx console and NEC, which was a huge, um, is a huge Japanese company, put out the Turbo Graphics, uh, Turbo, was it a Turbo Duo? Was that what it was called? Yeah, Turbo Duo uh, color console. Nintendo said, we're going to put out the Game Boy, which was not color. I believe it was 16 shades of gray. And, but Nintendo had on their side, they had one of probably the greatest video games ever, Tetris, that they bought maybe illegally, uh, um, <laughs> that they bought and they put on the, the and for, they, they bought to put on the Game Boy and that game was so good that it sold a lot. And so that helped them also. And so and they also had... And they were employing a guy called Shigeru Miyamoto, Miyamoto, who was the creator of Donkey Kong and Pikmin and Mario and Mario mm-hmm. Brothers. And he was a really good. And so Nintendo believed, rightly so, that all this other stuff didn't matter. Just the games. Matter. As long as you have a really good game, nothing else matters. And so they did. They didn't worry. They weren't worried about how advanced the Xboxes were or the Playstations were, because they knew they knew how to make better games. They had to make knew how to make good games, and so that's what they fell back on. They always fell back on. Nintendo always falls back on their games. Always. I really enjoyed this. I got it. I gotta go. Though. That was very interesting. Oh, you gotta go. Oh, oh, thank you for 
calling in. Well, at least you did call in, Ma. So that's I'm happy. Thank you. Yeah, you had your show, but but I want to. I don't want to end like you know a cold a cold end. I, I do want to know who would you consider the biggest video game company now. It's not who I would consider the biggest video game company right now. It's Microsoft. Microsoft is probably one of the biggest companies in the world. Period. It's bigger than Sony. I believe yeah. Microsoft isn't Microsoft bigger than Sony. I believe Microsoft is bigger than Sony. Yes. Okay, so next week. Oh, but Microsoft has a lot of problems because Microsoft is so big that I believe this happened a few years ago. They had so much cash that they had, they quote, had to get rid of all this cash they had. They had billions and billions of dollars in cash that they could not just have sitting around anymore. So they started buying stuff. So if you guys remember, if you guys remember a few years ago, Microsoft bought a bunch of companies, and mostly gaming companies, because they're trying to shore up uh, the Xbox division. And they're always under the threat from the United States government, not currently because the current United States government is kind of a joke and doesn't really care about uh, business laws or anything like that, or laws in general. And so they used to be currently, they used to be constantly under threat of being broken up as a monopoly because they are their monopoly. And so for a while they were always on the verge of the government coming in and saying uh, your operating system is one company the office is another company uh, Azure is another company and Xbox is oh, another company applications. I was just talking about the video game part of it you no the video it. game is part of it my yeah. video game Xbox is a division of Microsoft that mm -hmm. would be broken out if the government ever came in and Xbox would be its own division. Xbox can do what it wants right now because they don't have to worry as much about liquidity because they have all these other divisions uh, holding them up. So mm -hmm. they can do stuff like the Connect, and they can tell people your games have to work with the Connect. When the, when the Xbox uh, One first came out, and well, nobody like did it, people ignored them. Yeah. People ignored them, and so now the Connect is dead, and they're free to say nobody. The Connect it doesn't. It's no big thing deal anymore. So all the people that bought the Connect or paid extra for the Connect were stuck with it, and Microsoft had no consequences for for that. Basically, okay, by the same token, there Sony has a lot of other uh, departments other than video games too. They make a lot of electronics and so forth. But they're uh, they're not the the sole main dominant industry in any of those. For TV, you get a Sony TV. I have a TCL TV in front of me. You can get an LG TV. You can get a Samsung TV. You can get all these different... You, there are tons of... For everything that Sony makes, there are tons of other... Um, tons of other op options for it. So maybe Blu-ray. But Blu-ray is a format now. So I, don't, I think it seems a format. And mm -hmm. even Blu-ray, you can get different Blu-ray players. You can't. You, can, you don't just buy a Sony Blu-ray player. Ma, I don't think you even have a Sony Blu-ray player, unless you, you know, count your uh, 
I got a Sony Walkman. I got a Sony Sony headphones. Well, you can get any type of. You can go to the store and see any other type of headphones. But if you go to computer, if you go to buy a computer, usually there's right now there's like three different operating systems you can buy. For a while there was only one, and that one was Microsoft Windows. That meant they were a monopoly. But I mean, Microsoft wins mainly because of their Windows uh, software and so forth, right? There, Sony doesn't have anything comparable to uh, operating system like Microsoft does. No. Right. But but on the other hand, Apple is a competitor against Microsoft because they have their own operating system as well as Samsung. Yeah, Microsoft actually um, helped. They they wanted Apple to be a competitor. If uh, if Microsoft didn't want Apple to be a competitor, Microsoft then Apple wouldn't be around today. Apple is around today because Microsoft uh, went to Apple and basically put let and started creating their software software for Apple, basically giving Apple a chance to live and giving Microsoft, Microsoft basically built their own competitor in Apple. And then Apple went a whole other direction with it and destroyed all the other stuff that Microsoft was trying to do. But still, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what that was. Microsoft propped up Apple for a little while. Yeah, write write a book there. I am writing a book. It's called The Ship with Red Hair. You can uh, follow it on inkshares.com. Please go there and and follow. I know, but write another book there. The Rise and Fall. The Fall, Rise and Rise of the Computer Industry. That, 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 that the Computer Industry. Uh-huh. Or the, what do you call, what kind of industry we just talked about? Yeah, yeah the, um, the video game industry. We didn't even talk about the video game. We didn't talk about like Android and the cloud-based uh, systems that are coming out that mm-hmm. tried to come out before and it's going to be trying to come out again with Stadia mm-hmm. to see how that happens. And that's what I want for Christmas, Mom. I want like a Stadia. What is that? It's a cloud-based uh, gaming system. It's called Stadia? S-T-A-D-I-A? Yes. How you spell that? That's exactly how you spell it. How much cost? It costs over $1,000. No, it's like $129, Brian. Oh, okay. All right, Dara, I got to go there. Dara, enjoy this, Dara. I I learned so much. The main thing I learned from from your podcast was that Atari brought the video game industry down, mainly because they brought out a lot of bad games. See, that's the thing. Atari didn't bring out a lot of bad games. They brought out a few bad games, not enough games to destroy an entire industry. It was the entire industry that brought out bad games. Everybody saw them as industry leaders, so they were looking to to Atari for good quality games. But there was literally nothing, legally and literally, there was nothing Atari could do to stop people from making games. Atari tried to stop people from making games. Um, there was a game. I, I, was it Custer's Revenge that that did it? There's a game called Custer's Revenge. I yeah. think that Atari sued the company to stop making, and the government was like, "No, you can't stop people from making games for your system." And that was and that was the same thing that uh, Nintendo tried against Tengen, and because Tengen were make, was making games for the 
a Nintendo without the seal of approval from Nintendo, and mm-hmm. they sued Tengen. And, and the thing is, Tengen was just another another office in Atari. Tengen was Atari. Atari was Atari was like, oh, this killed our other system, so now we're gonna do it to your system that you tried to sell us. So Tengen tried to do the Atari tried to do the same thing that people were doing to Atari, and they won that court battle too. And so they were allowed to. It was too little, too late. But you can still go buy uh, Tengen's version of Tetris. Uh, RBI Baseball. Is that it? Is that all they have? RBI Baseball and Tetris? But Tinga had a couple of games. It's so interesting. And then you say, I gotta go there, but it's so interesting there. Because you said Tetris is not owned by Nintendo. Explain what you said earlier. You said that they really. Tetris, okay, Tetris was made by a guy, I forgot his name, Kalakinoff or something. But but he, he it was made. He was working at a boring job like most people are, and mm-hmm. while he was working at this boring job, there was a old folk game uh, called something that where <clears throat> it was a board game where you would like put like blocks together uh, in in different rows, and so he made a computer version of that at, while he was at work. And then he put it on the work servers so people could play it. So that because everybody there hated their job, it was in Russia. So, uh, so people uh, at his job were playing this game to the point where his supervisor was like, "Why is everybody playing this game?" And then he was like, "Wow, people are playing this game. I think it may be maybe popular." And so he was like, "I want to make some money off of it." And so then. That yeah. game was Tetris. He made Tetris. He wrote a very oh, early oh, version of Tetris uh, at at his Russian Soviet, I guess at the time, uh, at his Soviet job. And yeah. it became really popular. And he went and he uh, met up with some guys. He said, oh, we'll take your game to the West and we'll sell it on a, we'll put it on a bunch of computers there and we'll send you the money back. Of course, this was a, uh, underhanded scam, but he's Russian. He didn't know any better. And plus, ten uh, percent of of uh, any money is more money than he had. So he was like, "Okay, Alex Pajatinov, I think it just popped in my head. That's his name." And so he signed a deal for this company with this with the, with these guys to take this his game to like England to put it on all these computers and. They were like, okay, here's your money back. Here's here's the money we owe you. And then his bosses at his um, job was like, where does money come from? He's like, I sold my game. He's, they're like, oh, the game that you that you made while you were working here? That You mean so you sold our game is what you're saying? And he's like, no, 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 that's my game. They're like, no, that is our game. And since we're in Russia, you work for the government, because that's what everybody does, and therefore, that's the government's game. So that so so unless you want to go up against the government of Russia, uh, that's our game. And he was like, "Oh, I guess I don't, I don't like this, but okay." Yeah. And so they 
went to the people that um he originally sold it to and said, yeah, that's not enough money for the Russian government. We want all of it. So whatever deal you signed with him means nothing. The problem was these guys were not sitting on their laurels. They were selling this game everywhere. They're like, this is a really good game. So they went to all these other companies and sold and sold the game. And so one of those companies was Atari. And so they sold a version to Atari. And then another one of those companies was Nintendo. They're like, look, if we're if we're scamming the Russian government, we're not gonna stop we're not gonna go slow. We're gonna go everybody. So they sold the same game to Atari and Nintendo. And so both the both Atari and Nintendo had copies of Tetris, none of which were legal because none were because none of them were signed off by Russia. Russia finally signed off on one on one version uh, and said, "Okay, send us some money for that." And there wasn't was it was it was like the wrong version. It was like for the Spectrum or something. It was because Russia didn't know anything about video games either. But they were Russia was in the middle of getting scammed while everybody else was getting scammed. So the whole Tetris debacle ended up with Atari created a company called Tengen to release Tetris on the and the arcades. You can buy arcade machine. It says Tengen, and also for the for the NES. And so the when it came out on the NES. Uh, Nintendo was like, wait, that's our game. And they're like, no, we got a piece of paper here that says it's our game. And Nintendo was like, well, we got a piece of paper here that says it's our game. And then Russia came and said, well, we got a piece of piece of paper here that says it ain't nobody's game. And so, <laughs> no, so that went to the United States court. And United oh. States had to decide who owned Tetris. And it ended up, uh, they, uh, because the United States likes people, well, used to like people, uh, we, we were like, well, the guy who wrote the game, Alex Pajatinov, he's the owner of Tetris. Yeah, and, he should be owner. He's the owner. He's greater. And at yeah, the same time, Russia was kind of falling apart, so Russia didn't have the power that it used to have to go around and Ship people to Siberia like they had, had uh, threatened them before, and so Alex mm-hmm. Pajatinov uh, created what's called, I believe it's called the Tetris Company. I believe that's what the company is called, and that company's only job is to sell Tetris, and it's always said like he made a couple more games that weren't as po- popular, but mm-hmm. the Tetris companies. There, there are a lot of versions of Tetris out there, but they're exactly. and since they're, uh, mm-hmm. they're like big giant Russian guys. Nobody, everybody's scared of them, so nobody wants to really cross them. So you don't see that many unauthorized versions of Tetris anymore. But there's a version of Tetris that was just released last year, or this year, on the <laughs> PS4. I played it; it's very good. Oh, who owns that, that particular version? Uh, the Tetris company owns it. And who owns the Tetris company? Uh, Alex Pajatinov and some other people. So it went back to him then? To that yes. Worker. Yes. Oh, good. 
Okay, thank goodness. Nintendo doesn't own it. Atari doesn't own it. Atari doesn't really own all that much. Atari owns um, some of their arcade games and some of their early uh, Nintendo games. Mostly their arcade games. Most of their other games they ended up getting rid of, but mostly their arcade conversions is what Atari owns still. Nintendo owns everything oh, that ever said Nintendo. Nintendo didn't lose anything. Yeah, so there, the Russian government gave up, gave up on trying to own Texas. Or do they still own it? I won't say they gave up. They lost. And they lost. All yeah, right. they lost. They didn't give up. But well, no, they're not. You know, about this there. I'm really impressed. I had no idea. Burr is correct. Other people have wrote, written books about this already. So it's not really okay. Ready yet? Because I was gonna, I was gonna write, I was gonna write a little article about. It. I said, I don't know how many people know about Tetris. I didn't know there was all this controversy. I believe there's a one. There's a Tetris movie uh, that was uh, tr- uh, teasered a long a while ago, like a legit, like big budget movie called Tetris. Mm-hmm. And then there's another smaller documentary about. This whole everything called like what's it called the Tetris Masters or something? No, it's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet because that, that's a really interesting story. Well, out there, you know a lot about. I'm very, like I said, Earl. I'm very impressed there. But I got to go. I, I, I didn't mean to say this long, there, but this, this was intriguing and entertaining and educational for me. So thank you very much for sharing that, there. The Tetris movie has a budget of $80 million. When is it coming out? Has it has to come out. Uh, it has not. Been, it doesn't have a release date. And how long they've been working on it? Uh, for about three years now. So it's in, in the making. What about her and, and do something? Uh, the, that is something else. Well, you can find the story. This the story is a well known story. There there are already books about the Tetris story, but there's also like um like YouTube videos and articles and stuff about this because yeah, there's a there's a, there's a big um there's a big roundabout. Or it was, the funny part I thought was how the guys bought it from. Alex Pajatinov and then went immediately started reselling to as many people as possible and the people didn't even know they were buying they were, they were, it's like buying the same selling the same sandwich to five different people and each person tries to take a bite and when they take a bite somebody else lives around in, are in the sandwich oh wow <laughs> that's kind of an interesting analogy there all right, there, there. I stayed long because I, I mean I was joined into this story, but I got, I got, I, I don't have to go, but uh, I'm, go, I'm going to leave. And for, what's your for next, me. what's your next music video called? I think it's going to be called Good Vibes. Like I said earlier, but I'm going to change it around to You Have Good Vibes. That I, I woke up, I woke up with a good vibe, feeling good in every way. And, uh, but I'm going to turn it around to say you instead of me. Because this happened one, one morning. I, I, I woke up really, really good feeling. Like it's going to be a really, really good day. And I ran downstairs and started writing. And, and then I went to a YouTube video that said people want to hear something that relates to them, not necessarily to me, to, to the writer. So you don't believe your, your I believe my your experience relates to everybody else. Other people have woken up with good vibes. 
I know, but if I say I woke up, they won't really. Well, that's what when people. So what 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 what, what do people do when they sing their songs to themselves, Mom? What are they gonna say? You say you. He said the key word is uh, this man. He did a lot of research on hit songs. He said, what what what's his songs has, has he written, Mom? Well, he's been writing for years and years. And wow, so he must have a bunch of hit songs then. I, I, not probably not. I haven't heard any, but he did say that he did a study on hit songs, and most songs start off. They say you within the first few bars. They say you, and I said, "Well, I've, I've already incorporated that in some of my songs. Like, is it worth it to you? I mean, was it worth it to you, and, and so forth." So I, I think about it. And regarding my other song, you all, I apologize. I'm taking part of Derek's time, but I did want to say that I, I revised that song that, and I took your advice on it there, you know, where I'm talking in the video and the song, I took that sound out, I, I shortened the song down and I reposted on YouTube on the Miz Nation name of the song is What's It Worth It To You? It's only 3 minutes and 38 minutes 3 minutes 38 seconds so I took your advice there Oh, All right, I'm gonna go. Yeah, uh, very good show. I learned a whole lot. Now I gotta, I gotta start. I gotta read more about Tetris, about Nintendo, about Atari. This is, it, it was so interesting. Atari was um, run by uh, Jack. It, it ended up being run by a guy named Jack Tremell, who ran Commodore for a little while. And people say ran that company to the ground. And when he got to Atari, uh, people believed that he was there just to run Atari into the ground, which he did almost immediately. As soon as Jack, Jack and his brother Sam, two guys, the Tremell brothers, Jack Tremell and Sam Tremell, uh, I believe helped destroy Atari. Because, well, at least the video game division, they were only interested and the computer division, which was a division making money, and then Atari got split up into Atari computers and Atari games. I'm about to start all over, Mom, with this long boring story. How can someone who was at a company like Commodore and say they ran that company down? How can they be picked up by another company? Wow, Mom, that's a good question that we should be talking to all these CEOs and asking them. And seeing, wait, you were a CEO of a company that went bankrupt. They gave you $20 million, and now you're the CEO of another company. How does that work? They don't think like that, I guess. It's like me when I go look for another job. I look look for the, you look for the same job you had before, Ma. Is that good, bad, indifferent? Well, you you do what you know, Ma. Do what you know. You got to branch out sometimes there. You never know what's out there until you, you start just like, I'm writing songs, I'm singing songs. Because I was thinking, you know, did you know the Whitney Houston took uh, voice lessons? Yes. I thinking about going there. Oh, I didn't know she took voice lessons. Well, most, most singers have taken voice lessons. Oh, you thought that singers were just naturally talented and knew how to do all this stuff from the beginning? That's no. what I thought, yeah. No, I they had to here. practice and work on it, Ma. And working on it for a long time and working on it very hard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, uh, okay. You don't yeah, seem to be interested in that, Ma. Say you could talk to your listeners there, but thank you for having me on. This show's over with. Okay. I'm closing. I'm, I'm ending this show.
You in the show there. <laughs> well, I enjoyed being on your show. They're a very interesting show. A lot of information shared. Learned a lot. I hope every, your listeners learned a lot, too. So you get ready to leave now? Yes. All right. I bet you know a lot of more stories, video game stories. I do know a lot of video game stories. I'm interested in hearing some of them. Or, or maybe you might want to write write about them. Even though, you know, even though somebody said a book has already been written about what's happened, but a, a lot of times you can add your own opinions to to a book or to what, what's already been said. Oh, this is a, the video game story is a very well known story. There's a, comp- have a, a there's a, a there's uh, documentaries you can view on it. There's uh, TV shows you can look at. There are YouTube okay, videos. Like what, I'm, what I'm interested in right now, Derek, because I know you had a Commodore. I think Travis did too. You and Travis had Commodore. Travis and I have a Travis had a had a Mega <laughs> 500 once. That's it. I had a Commodore Vic 20, a Commodore 64, uh, yeah. a Commodore, Amiga. So one thing I want to focus on is the Commodore, because I thought that was a neat system. I want to know, we don't want to have to talk about it now, but I want to know why that system didn't hold up like all these other systems are like. It it did. The Commodore 64 is still available to to, to this day. You can go out and buy a Commodore 64. I mean, is it you know have updates? Is current and all, or are you talking about old systems? I'm not talking about old retro systems. It's I'm a retro about, system, yes. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about a current system like the Xbox One and the PS4. Because right now they're talking about making. Well, they like, tried to update it with the Commodore 128, and nobody wanted it. Uh, then they went to the Commodore Amiga, and then they kind of destroyed that. They also had the Commodore Plus Four, the Commodore C sixteen, like they did, uh, for for a little while. Their Commodore didn't know what they wanted to make, so they made the Commodore Plus Four, which is a very powerful system, but also it was hobbled. Then the Commodore C sixteen, which was a not a very par- powerful system, but it was very cheap, and people saw saw through that. And the Commodore basically had nowhere to go when they built the Commodore Amiga. Uh, nobody really believed them because they were trying to um, compete with IBM PCs at the time. Uh, and so people didn't see the Amiga as a serious machine to do actual work on. They saw it as a gaming platform. So Commodore tried hard to uh, pretend it wasn't a gaming platform. The thing is, it was. It was a very good gaming platform. And so... So it so the Amiga kind of uh, uh, floundered for a while there, and then as the Amiga was uh, floundering, they did the Commodore never updated the Amiga uh, to to um, to industry standards. So uh, the IBM PCs that were kind of a joke before slowly started catching up, and then. The graphics for Commodore for, for IBM's got so much better because they were a, you were able to plug in a graphics card for them, and you can never do that on the Amiga. The Amiga's hard Amiga's graphics were hardwired into the system, 
so they didn't have what's called retargetable graphics. They couldn't retarget their graphics to Because I read somewhere that every six years they come out, companies come out with a new system like the PS4 and Xbox One, and now they're talking about the PS5. So there's something else that distinguished these two-bit companies from these smaller companies that didn't hold up because they were making changes and so forth, but what is it? Is it PR or what? PR. It's PR and games. The Sony Sony um, got big because they went a whole different route from everybody else with the PlayStation and they had a different type of graphics. They had uh, what's now called 3D graphics, was polygon-based graphics. Everybody okay. else had what is called sprite-based graphics. So, like the yeah. Sega Dreamcast mm-hmm. uh, and the Atari Jaguar are monsters when it comes to pushing sprites on the screen. And sprites mm-hmm. are just the little objects that move on the screen. That's what all games used to be made made of. You can go when you go to an arcade and, and look at an arcade game. All those little things moving around, those are sprites. And the the number of those um, and the speed of those you can put up there, that depended. That showed how good of a graphics you could put it in your game. The, uh, Sony went in an entirely different direction, and they built a system that, uh, that was based on polygons. And so PlayStation games look completely different than everybody else's games. And other other game systems couldn't replicate it, and so all of a sudden you have the PlayStation, which looks like something from the future, with uh, compared to uh, the Dreamcast, not Dreamcast, but the Saturn and the Jaguar, which were which no, no matter how good they looked, they will always look like something from the past, like a Tesla versus uh, AMG. The, the Tesla is obviously the future and so much better so no matter how good the amg is gonna look it's not gonna comp- compare to tesla yeah we're talking about apples and oranges when you're talking about the tesla and the amg that's, that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what, ga- that's what gaming companies said we're talking apples apples and oranges they're doing polygons we're doing sprites <laughs> So there's a market for each, probably. Some people might prefer electric cars, and some people like A and G. It's just different. Hey, Gary, this is, every time I said subject there, you have a, like a lot of information there about it. You know a lot about. And that has got me where am I? Where has that got me in life? It's got me a podcast with nobody calling in except my mom, and. Uh, Chat room full of birds. I hope I stop other people from calling in, but I, I was just, uh, what do you call it, enthralled. Is that a good word? Or yes, I was just uh, overwhelmed with all this good information. Well, I'm, glad. I'm looking at chat, and, and nobody has posted, you don't know what you're saying, you don't know what you're talking about. So I'm guessing I was right in all of my um, musings. Because well, usually no somebody question. would say, that's not what happened, this is what happened. There's no question there. You know, you know, you know, video games and systems and history and so forth. If I had all that knowledge, I know I would write a book. You got people out here writing books who don't really know what they're talking about, but you, you know, you got inside information that you can have sources and so forth. That's what I would do, and and add my opinion in in it. I would be uh, 
you might want to think about that there because I can't wait to see what else you know about all of these other systems. Every time I bring a system up, uh, you, you know information about it. So I'm very, very impressed. Okay, ma. All right, yeah. So thank you all, and I appreciate everyone letting me stay. In. I mean, yeah, I hope, hope it was okay that I stayed in. So I didn't want to miss all this information that was being shared. I really enjoyed it. All right? That's right. I'm not gonna plug my, my show. I'm gonna plug your your all your Dead Pixel Live. On Dead Pixel Live, it comes on every Thursday at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 10 o'clock p.m. Derek H. He's an ex, my son. He's an expert on video games, video game systems, anything video game, and a whole lot more. So what you what you heard tonight was just an inkling of 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 his expertise. I, I was impressed and I hope, hope you were too. Okay, man. So, shout out to Dead Pixel Live. Hey, bye, man. Thank you, Derek. Right. Bye. You know, I don't get too excited over that because uh, somebody else, uh, the lovely Jessica Villarreal once said that I have a very extensive knowledge of video game history. And uh, where did that get me? right where I'm at today and Jessica Villarreal is running her own VR company with her boyfriend somewhere and, and somewhere in Southern California so knowing a lot about video games doesn't get you uh, all the greatest things in the world it just gets you knowing a lot about video games okay thanks a lot for everybody thanks a lot listening everybody we're going to end the show don't forget to go to allgames.com slash shop Put some new shirts up uh, by designed by Hecht from Hexzilla Industries. Thank you, Hecht. Uh, buy some shirts, buy a cup. Uh, say hi to everybody. Don't forget to listen to the other shows on the network. Uh, R9Cast, uh, Five Belly Gamers, Fantastic Forum, uh, ZombieCast, B-Team. We have, we have dozens of... Uh, I heard a new... Uh, women's Wrestling's friend is, will be out soon, which I, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, so, thanks and uh, bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Sounds. 